0: This is KGPC Oakland, 96.9 FM, streaming worldwide at kgpc969.org. You are listening to Here is Where We Meet, a sonic celebration of Lake Merritt. Each episode of Here's Where We Meet weaves together field recordings and interviews conducted in in and around the lake. We explore the unique diversity and biodiversity found around Lake Merritt, the myriad ways that everyday Oaklanders engage with it and with each other. And ultimately we affirm in this time of rapid gentrification and change that Lake Merritt and intern Oakland can be a place for everyone. This is episode number five, and we will be hearing from juggler Charles Blue, educator and musician Guy DeChalis, We'll hear from animator and visual artist J.P. Lee. And we'll also be taking a Sunday afternoon kayak ride around the lake. And what you've been hearing here to start off the show is the bells at Our Lady of Lords Church, which is... Right across from the lake. And if you spend any time. On the east side of the lake. You have undoubtedly heard these bells. Ringing. Various times throughout the day. Here is where we meet is recorded. In stereo sound. With microphones. So... I encourage you to listen in a pair of headphones or good speakers. You'll get the nice stereo imagery that way. But in any case, thanks for listening and enjoy the sounds.
1: I'm Charles Blue, and I live here in Oakland. Well, I started way back in high school, must be about a good 50 years ago, but I've been off and on, and lately I've taken a long time off because of some injuries from work, So, and trying to relearn this. Well, right now I've got to concentrate on catching each each one as well as throwing them and trying to keep them in a, in a pattern. Uh, you're, you're really trying to condition reflexes, you see. Uh, I learned from uh, a person who was uh, already an expert in high school. He was about 62, about three years younger than I am now. And he taught me all the the basics and he was uh, from Vaudeville and Bailey back in the day. So he had that he could bring bring to the art and show me. And I took it from there and just kept practicing, and I learned a lot of tricks since then and in, in college and later on, you know. But uh, after having gotten away from it in the years, I gotta go, I'm not having to relearn. Anyway, I I had attended Laney College and I did other things, I just took up Taekwondo, and, uh, and I stayed with that for goodness <laughs> knows how long and so now I'm uh, I'm one of the black belts after having but this is still a different art and so you have to learn different things for it. To relearn, in my case. i just say it, uh, Taekwondo teaches you uh, balance and control and uh, uh, agility and the use of the muscles and a sense of timing, rhythm and how things relate to your position on the ground and uh, with objects in motion. That helps you to uh, develop things like juggling. Uh. Oh, sure. Uh, Yes, I have lived in Oakland for 25 years, uh, approximately. I like the area because the, the grass is a good place to, uh, to work and train and practice. Well, I don't notice differences in the lake itself, but uh, the path around the lake has, has had a lot of construction, reconstruction, uh, the roads have been worked on, the bridge, uh, the bridge work. Uh, all the different paths have been under construction and been reworked over the last few years, in fact and uh, i've run around the lake i try to run around the lake every monday so it's it's a it's a different uh, a nicer experience now
2: My name is Guy DeShalis and I am the music director at St. Paul's Episcopal School, which is just across the lake on Grand Avenue. You know, Lake Merritt kind of connects a number of communities of Oakland together. You know, you have the the, the, the south side, if you will, or the southeastern side of uh a southwestern side of the of the lake uh, brings you nearer to Chinatown. And to, and to also the Southeast Asian communities. Then you have this side, which is the eastern side. Uh, I guess this, this is the south side. It's all pretty interesting how it works. But <laughs> for Oakland, it's going, it's going east. You have a lot of old communities in here, Southeast Asians, African-Americans, uh, and a mixture of you know, other races and, 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 et- and ethnic groups. It's just a really beautiful place where you see all different kinds of people, and people come to the lake uh, to relax, to read. Um, My instrument's pretty loud, and I can play it in my garage in the apartment that I live in, but it can be a a lot for the people that live there, so I come here and try my best to to get a little practice in. Uh, Of course, a lot of people stop me to talk and ask questions about the instrument. Uh, which deters me from the practice, but it's also a good distraction because I'm kind of, I want to I take my time with this instrument and slowly get it. Uh, it's really speaking to me and it's my, it's only the second instrument that I've ever studied that's actually from the continent of Africa. You hear the buzzing of the plastic. So this instrument is called, traditionally it's called bala, B-A-L-A. Um, some musicologists traveling through the region had heard people talk about balafon and they call it balaphone, as in xylophone but balaphone is not a correct word. There is an expression called balafon which means to play the bala. And many people, including Africans of that region, came to call the instrument balafon. So that's B-A-L-A-F-O-N. There are people, kind of a bloodline, that have been playing the instrument for many years, since the 12th century, if not earlier. And they, their responsibility is to share their knowledge with people. It's a part of their work. And one such person uh, of that bloodline lives in the Bay Area. His name is Mohammed Kuyate, and he lives in Berkeley, and he's been teaching me for over a month. I study the music of Africa and its diaspora. So that is the music that's created by Africans on the continent, and really primarily the music that's created by the people of African descent mostly throughout the Americas, uh, whether it be the banjo and the fiddle music of the South, whether it be uh, the, the music of Haiti, Southern Haiti specifically is my area of most study. And that's the voodoo music of Southern Haiti. Uh, by extension, the music of Cuba, uh, and Jamaica and Trinidad, and the music of the Caribbean, and to a lesser extent, the music of Brazil. I'm really interested in the music that, that people of African descent brought to the Americas. Not really for my own sake, but for the sake of the artists themselves who might not get an opportunity to, sh- to share what they know. Um, that maybe by learning a little bit of it and, and, and being a, a portal or a bridge for them, there may be an opportunity for them to, to come and to, to share. Uh, the music, their mastery and their culture and their history and just their their own connection to this whole thing called music, you know? It's through the, the music of Africa and its children that I became interested in other kinds of music. So a lot of times you find in our society the path into music is through the classical European traditions. And then people might say, oh wow, well what's going on in India or what's going on here? But I think the way I came to music was as a dancer exposed to African music, and then you discover that every culture plays music, and there are a lot of similarities, just depending on your natural resources, the function that music serves, you know, is it for prayer, is it for dance, Uh, and then, you know, you go from there, you get people that really are coming from cultures where rhythm is a a heavy part of the music fabric, then you have cultures where harmony is a heavy part of the music fabric you have cultures where sitting quietly and listening to single melodic lines that go on forever is a part of the music fabric, you know, and then we of course living in the Americas are in a meeting place of all these things, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's kind of the short of it, you know, and I love teaching kids, like that music is more than just what they hear on the radio, but it's a, a password that can take you into all of these different cultures all around the world, you know? I don't think it's anybody's lake, you know. I mean, it's as much, it's as much the person who's homeless that sleeps at the in, sleeps near the lake as it is the people who live across the street from it. Uh, but it's also the people who live in Oakland or the people that live in this region that travel to it. It's it's here, you know. It's it's uh, man-made, I believe, and it uh, was it was designed to be a meeting place, you know. A place where people come together and relax, and get to meditate on the water, and, and eat some food, and have kids run around and play. Uh, you can't claim it, you know. It's, it doesn't belong to any person, and, and, and. But it but it is, interestingly enough, a place where you have to know how to compromise, so that everybody can feel a certain sense of ownership for it. You know. If you're coming here to make loud noise there should be a time when you do it and you know if, if you're if you're coming here to meditate there should be a time when you should do it you know there should be an agreement that that uh everybody should have their time and that, that there should be a space for for everyone to experience this place the way that he or she wants to um uh, I, I work at a school which is very close to the lake, and this lake is a part of our campus. And our kids know it, you know? We come here, we, we have lunch here, we, 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 we enact certain rituals in our relationship to the lake. Uh, so it's definitely a part of all of us here, you know? And it's how people come to know each other here in Oakland. So I hope that, you know, whatever information you collect, and the people that you speak with that it comes across that everyone has a right to be here and but that we all we all deserve to respect each other's way of celebrating this really cool place you know so that's it
1: Thank you.
3: Uh, my name is J.P. Lee. I, um, I'm an artist. living living in the Oakland area. I've been out here about 15 years. Um, doing uh, computer animation mostly. But uh, mostly these days now I'm just trying to get back to more traditional mediums like woodworking. I've been doing uh, some Japanese woodworking at Laney College. Um, doing more watercolor painting, getting outside. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to find a better work-life balance. It's hard in the Bay Area. I started off um, when I was in college really getting into more computer animation that was as it was just starting to come around Um, and yeah I mean it's a powerful tool it does a lot of great things but I just found over the years that I all my hobbies, all my time, all the art, all the work everything was done through the computer and um, you know aside from the physical back problems and and just getting outside it was um, yeah really a desire to just Be away from that kind of interface. Um, I really enjoy working with my hands um, and uh, I really appreciate kind of just being able to kind of do more traditional things and then applying it to digital. And I was feeling at a point where a lot of my work is production oriented, so it was very heavy just on the computer. So I definitely needed to get away. I was not seeing the sun and you know, and it was, it was just hard. Cause then for me, I was working 10 hour days, six days a week. Um, and that takes a toll on your body um, that it's just hard to recover. And as you get older, like those long days just take more days to recover from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of great stuff in it, but I feel both the balance of working at the computer and then also the, I guess, more philosophical side of like having to make people work that much i just don't agree with that kind of thing uh and so it's been a challenge to kind of still be able to make a living but then also be able to stand up and say um yeah no i don't want that kind of lifestyle but it's it's been tricky for me to kind of find a way to balance like like you said you know moving around it's like we're just not meant to be sitting around at a desk all day long um over the last 10 years it's now my perspective is changing a little bit where i feel like um the difficulty becomes like i think more an internal struggle of like can i take a chance to kind of like get outside of this normal system of you have to work these kind of jobs these kind of um places to be able to live up here i mean the money is one issue i know a lot of people struggle with that um i've always i started out moving here doing film and then very quickly found film was just taking so i ended up working with kids doing after school programs, teaching science classes, working with kids outdoors in the redwood forests, teaching science classes, teaching art classes. Then I moved from teaching kids to adults and then finally went into production uh, for myself, just doing some my own work. I find the hardest point for me is to kind of get away from this structure of corporate kind of work or this kind of stuff and find a balance of things that, because it's very easy to find work that doesn't pay a lot, that feeds your soul. Um, for me, it's been challenging to find work that does that, but also can pay for, you know, the things that you want—healthcare, four hundred one k savings, you know, short-term savings, rent, all that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm on the edge. I'm I'm making a I would have considered decent amount of money, but around here it feels like I'm almost living paycheck to paycheck. So that um, now I'm in a stage in my life where I'm just trying to find how do I maybe change my perspective to necessarily not put money as the, um, the thing I need to have but like a better life balance so maybe it's making less money but having a little bit more something enjoyable and you know I'm right at that transition point where it's hard to just step away from that and really kinda of do my own kinda of like really trust myself that it can kinda of work because it just feels that is the, the more difficult part for me is just trusting that it's gonna work out. Um, today I just decided to get out of the house and I'm doing a little bit of sketching. I was going to do some painting so I kind of walked around the area um, walked down to the bonsai garden and it's just nice to kind of be outside and I think that's a thing it's even though I didn't do anything I think just being outside and having the opportunity to enjoy this um, and be slowing down and not necessarily having anything come out of it because I feel sometimes we just get so busy where It's the weekend, you're scheduling so many things, and you come out here, you're not really sitting down and slowing down. So today, I feel like it's good for me to get out of that headspace and just be able to come sit, do a little sketching, and just observe life. Um, And that is a difference from just trying to do, do, do things all the time and just on the go. So yeah, it's a great day. Some days on the weekends, it's so crowded. But today it's great. I mean, it's, it's nice to actually be out during the weekday and um, just enjoying kind of like what the area has to offer. Um, I mean, most uh, there's a lot more density of people kind of coming here. Lake Merritt has always been fairly crowded with lots of people. Um, the area that I'm living in, the Temescal Rockbridge area, which is just around the corner, there's so much more construction going now. Uh, places that I used to go um, just in general, just to kind of get a more quiet spot, it's not there anymore, there's just a lot more people. I, I tend to now these days actually become a little bit less politically correct. I think there's too much of a swing to being too politically correct, where you know you just can't do anything. And I think we've really lost here the um, personal responsibility. like you know there's there's all these rules you have to follow and obviously it comes from the few bad apples that make something there's a lot of people here you have to have those things but there's not enough personal accountability that uh, we should just as individuals have Um, there's there's a few places i've traveled the world where uh, like in norway they'll have uh, one of my friends moved there he married uh, a norwegian had their kids Uh, we went to go visit her preschool and (laughs) right over the edge there was a, a big cliff that kind of went off and you know there was a few signs that said don't go over there it's dangerous and but there was no fences um, and my friend's mother was a grade school teacher she came there and she was shocked by that like how can you have this this is dangerous but for them there was like well you know th- it's a cliff we explain that to the kids we tell them not to go there. Um, you know it would be bad if a kid did fall off and seriously damaged but at that point I think the culture is to be like well they were there this is this is a, a learning opportunity it's you know it's not something where you have to prevent people from just really thinking I think we're here what happens is that we just stop thinking and that's a dangerous thing I, I've been, I thought about that a little bit a while ago too and I don't think that can work here I think they're smaller, they're more homogeneous um, and so I think there is more of a collective sense there. Uh, The strengths that we have here are that we're diverse, but I think that's also our downside where there's too many communities that I think feel disparaged and and like I said, the people that kind of roll down and they just toss garbage out of the street. You know, part of it becomes maybe they're living in places where it's just not so nice, they feel disenfranchised. So they have a mentality of like, we've been screwed so screw these other guys, I don't care I'm just going to do it. You know, but that's I kind of, I can see where that come from, but it's hard because this is your space. You have to take care of it. You know, it's like, we're all responsible for our our living space. And if we all help contribute together, we can all, you know, make the place a better place. It sounds cliche, but I think that doesn't seem to be really here where we care about, it's all about a me, me, me culture here. I, I just don't see as a whole, a lot of people taking care of each other. But you know, I'm always playing devil's advocate. But I also do see, you know, the opposite in smaller, smaller groups where you'll see that totally is not the case. Where where people are do have that. So how do we get that to be more of a national debate? But I think from the top-down level from the government, the government doesn't really seem like it actually cares about the people. And if it's not coming from the top-down, it's very hard for then, uh, you know, the rest of the country to kind of follow suit. So yeah, I think. being a smaller country being a little bit older it makes it easier in those kind of places to have something where you have um, more of those kind of like we all know that it's important to kind of contribute for the long term Um, and here it doesn't seem to be long-term thinking everything is short-term how cheap can we make it how fast can we make it and the quality just goes there's no quality here like both quality of life quality of construction quality of Just the things around, it's just the quickest, fastest buck, and that is a short-term solution that, um, for me, I don't see the long-term benefits in that.
0: This has been episode number five of Here Is Where We Meet. All sounds and interviews were recorded in and around Lake Merritt using Arl microphones, which gives a nice stereo sound. You can listen back to this episode and all the episodes of The Fine Programming on KGPC at kgpc969.org. In this episode, you've heard from animator and visual artist J.P. Lee, educator and musician Guy De Chalice. And juggler Charles Blue. Thank you for listening. And please visit our archives for Here is Where We Meet at kgpc969.org slash here, H-E-R-E.
1: Thank you.